0: Hi, I'm Deb Hunter, and welcome to All Things Tudor, the podcast that blows the dust off the history books and brings the world of the Tudors roaring back to life. Each episode will bring you awesome guests and topics, stories, and revelations. The power. The sex, the scandals, the romance, and the ruthlessness. So join me, and together we'll pull back the curtain and discover the real lives of the Tudors. Hi, and welcome to All Things Tudor. I am Deb Hunter, and today we are going to talk to Catherine of Aragon and Anne Boleyn. Can you believe that? Actually, I have two of the cast members from Six, the musical, here for us. Jerry Ann and Zan, how are you today? We're doing good, doing good. So happy to be with you, Deb. And thank you, Nashville, for listening in.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited. Deb, I can't
0: wait. Well, thank you. And for all of you listening in, it's Jerry Ann Perez. And Zen Berube, they play Catherine of Aragon and Anne Boleyn. And I'm just wondering, ladies, queens, if I met you after the show in Nashville. You know, the makeup comes off, we're backstage, we're talking, we've never met before. How would you introduce yourself to me? My goodness, I would just say, you know,
1: I'm Ann Perez, and I have the great honor of playing Catherine of Aragon, Henry's first queen, first wife The gold one, I like to say.
2: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I would greet you with all the energy and all the hugs. I'd introduce myself. I'd let you know I'm Zan. I play Anne Boleyn, and I'd thank you for coming to the show.
0: Well, thank you. I love that. Well, let's talk some about your careers. What brought you here today? What brought you to Six? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Long journey, long journey.
1: I went to college at NYU for musical theater. And then a few years after that, I booked my Broadway debut and then I went on tour. I actually came to Nashville with the show that I toured with called Waitress, that sweet little pie musical. (laughs) And then shortly after that and after the pandemic, I got into auditions for Six. It was a bit of a long process. I had been auditioning since 2019, I think. And then this spring, it just finally stuck and I found out that I was going to get to play Aragon, which was such a dream. So that's kind of what brought me here, my journey.
2: Yeah, it was a long road to get here, but worth every second. As a kid, I tried out a lot of activities and I think the theater world just really sat somewhere special in my heart. I think the people and the community really made me wanna pursue this as a career and be surrounded by the arts and all these people for the rest of my life. So. I started acting and singing when I was like eight years old. My parents carted me back and forth to voice lessons, dance lessons. And I eventually went to the University of Michigan, where I got my BFA in musical theater. I was there for four years. And then I actually graduated during the pandemic, which was a really scary time, especially for the theater, because it was kind of all the lights were out. It was scary, but I did submit my first Six audition tape during the pandemic, and I didn't hear back. And then a year later, I moved to New York City, where I had my first in-person audition with Six the Musical. And it was just such a beautiful experience to be back in an audition room and back surrounded by artists. And I think everyone was just Happy to be singing in a room with live humans again. So that was just a blast. And then I think that audition process lasted a few months. And then eventually I got the call that I'd be going on tour with nine beautiful women. So yeah.
0: Well, for anyone who hasn't seen Six, how would you describe it? I have. Had the pleasure of seeing it on Broadway. So, if someone hasn't seen it and they're looking forward to going, what can they expect from your point of view? Mm.
1: I always like to say it's like an 80 or 90 minute sprint of a musical. It is the six wives of Henry VIII completely retelling their stories from their perspective. You know, you're a historian, Deb, so obviously you know a lot of the history books are written by men, but this is told from the vantage point of these queens. And then you add on the fact that we're playing the queens, but also with pop inspiration. So you're getting to see Beyonce, Ariana Grande, Avril Lavigne, you know, all of these different Pop spirations told through the lens of their stories. And it's just a fun night out, action packed. It's just a feel good musical. Yeah, I couldn't
2: have said it better myself. You get to see these Tudor queens in the lens of a pop princess, and then you have all these modern twists and the retelling of their lives and stories the way they'd want to tell
0: it. Mm-hmm. That's so very well put. And I even love that the musicians are female. That's such a great touch, isn't it? Yeah,
1: it's really nice. It's not very common, you know, especially on Broadway in a musical theater to just have all females on the cast, all females in the band. It's a really cool thing. And it's fantastic that it's on these stories of these iconic women in history.
2: Absolutely. Female and non binary. And they also have their
0: own characters that they're playing too mm-hmm. as well, which is just a blast. And it really is. When we saw it, it was a packed house, all ages, just unbelievable. The minute it ended Everyone's on their feet. It's the first standing ovation I have ever seen on Broadway. It was just amazing, and I can't wait to see it in Nashville. Let's talk a little, we know where your careers have brought you, which you both have amazing stories, great rise, kind of like history. You know, you've been put in a place at just the right time. What did you know about Tudor history before you accepted these roles? I had watched the (laughs) Tudors. And I think a long time ago, I had seen the
1: Anne Boleyn movie with, my goodness, I can't remember, but I had seen these very fictionalized, dramatized stories of these queens. And that was sort of all that I knew. What about you, Zan?
2: Yeah, I actually didn't know much. It's sad to say, but if I had thought about the Tudor history, I would have thought straight away about King Henry and not about his wives and their stories. So it was little to nothing, but I think that's what made it fun. The journey, there was so much learning and
1: yeah. Okay. So we lost Deb, unfortunately. So I guess we can (laughs) just talk about six. Yeah.
2: So what's it like playing Catherine of Aragon?
1: Oh my goodness. It's so cool. I mean, my only kind of perspective of her was when I watched The Tudors. And her portrayal in The Tudors is really sad, honestly. You're catching her at, like, the very end of her reign, pretty much right as he's meeting Anne Boleyn. And it was—she just was so, so sad and very subdued and— I always found her to be dignified, she was always incredibly pious, but I felt really bad for her. And the thing that I love about getting to play her is that I'm playing her at the time when he is trying to annul their marriage so that he can marry Anne, but I get to do it in this incredibly cool and empowered way where I poke holes in his argument about how he has called me a bad wife, a wife that has left him unfulfilled because I couldn't produce a male heir. I produced him with many children, one of them living, being Mary. And just, it's cool to be able to take the power back in a way that I think she did historically, but just in media portrayals, they kind of portrayed her as this pitiful, unwanted woman. And so I love being able to just put on that crown act like, you know, my best portrayal of J-Lo or Beyonce and have a good time and also just be able to do it with the other five queens. It's just a dream. I, I can't even describe it. What about you? Oh gosh, there are like
2: no words. It's just such an honor and it's such a blast to be able to reclaim Anne Boleyn's story every night. My version of Anne Boleyn has such a sense of energy an incredible sense of like self, self worth. And that is just so refreshing to play as a woman on a stage and get to share that with so many other women and young girls in the audience and get to stand in my own power and retell this story that society kind of portrayed these women and It was always told through the male perspective and a male lens, and that wasn't really the full story. So to get to take back that part of history that needs to be retold through a different lens is really refreshing and it's really exciting and it's really empowering for me as Anne Boleyn and me as Zan, just the everyday actor and off the stage. So, and to get to wear that costume, I mean, oh my gosh, it is such an honor a Tony award winning costume. And it's just so vibrant and so bright. I actually, I got to see the show last week. I got to see all my fellow Queens perform and it was just the most, I just was so in awe of them and I get to do it on stage beside them, but getting to see them shine and tell these powerful stories. It was just the most beautiful experience I've had in such a long time. And it it really brought tears to my eyes. Honestly, it was, it was really emotional it was beautiful you killed it girl you slayed the house down (laughs) this gold queen i'm telling you guys
1: (laughs) (laughs) i can't with you aragon and boleyn love each other in our rendition (laughs) yeah
2: yeah (laughs) but actually well there is no real well i don't know i'm not a historian by any facts
1: but i don't think they had bad blood no not really i mean Anne was for Mm -hmm. those who don't know Catherine's lady-in-waiting and so they had a, a rapport and Anne was, you know, sort of a, a right-hand man to Catherine in, in many ways. And so it was kind of very interesting for that to happen. But there, there's nothing really historically saying that their relationship was really bad or really toxic. There's actually historically something to be said about the fact that Aragon knew what was happening and knew the puppet that Anne was being made to be, because Anne was very much a puppet for, I think was her uncle and her dad, right, Mm Sam? Because like the families of the wives of Henry also rose to power, also rose to wealth. So a lot of these women who eventually became his wives were kind of put there by their families and placed in front of Henry as it was very opportunistic at that time. Zan, what was the most interesting historical thing you learned about Anne when we had to do all those presentations?
2: Oh gosh, so many things were so fascinating, but I love quotes in general. And a quote from Anne Boleyn that kind of stuck with me was, let them grumble. That is how it's going to be. Because during Anne's reign, there was a lot of gossip and there was a lot of things said behind closed doors about her, but she still kept her ground And she knew that people were going to talk and she was going to let that be and she wasn't going to let that affect her until ultimately that kind of brought the end of her life. But I really
1: love all the quotes that I got to hear. How about you? Oh my goodness, so much, so much that's fascinating. But I think my favorite was when she was queen regent. So Henry, I think had to do you know, there's this big battle in France, but then at the exact time that he leaves for France, Scotland comes to like overthrow England. So it's when she's queen regent and there's this story of her riding out into battle and giving this extremely patriotic speech that enlivens all of these like people fighting for England and they won when she was queen regent against Scotland. So I think, and and then also the rumor is that she was actually pregnant when this happened. So she's got this armor on. And for those of you that see the show, my costume is very much built like armor because she was known as the warrior queen as was her mother, Isabella. So it's very, very interesting that I get to wear this costume that is reminiscent of this warrior that she was her entire life. I think that's that's probably my favorite one. Yeah, that is fascinating. I
2: also love the history around Anne Boleyn's beheading.
1: That one is, is heart-wrenching.
2: <laughs> it's heart-wrenching because, so like apparently Henry changed the sentencing for Anne from burning to beheading, and then rather having the queen beheaded with a common ax, he brought in an expert swordsman from France to perform the execution. And when Anne gave her speech before her beheading, there was a lot of light and kind of not joy, but a sense of Anne perhaps thought that maybe she wasn't going to get executed that day because there was no common acts there for her to lay her head upon. So she thought maybe that Henry was going to forgive her and show grace because she didn't do the things that she was accused to have done. And she thought that Henry maybe saw that as the truth and was going to change that all around. So it was just a really sad moment in history because a lot of historians talk about how they think that Henry also knew that she was innocent in those moments, but he just wanted to get her pawn out of the way for the next queen who could possibly bear I'm a son, so it's just it's really sad. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Tony Award-winning musical Six, coming to Tennessee Performing Arts Center February 21st through the 26th. From Tudor queens to pop icons, the six wives of Henry VIII take the microphone to remix 500 years of historical heartbreak into a euphoric celebration of 21st century girl power. This new original musical is the global sensation that everyone is losing their head over. The Tony Award-winning Musical 6 comes to Tennessee Performing Arts Center February 21st through the 26th. Get your tickets today at tpac.org. That's tpac.org.
1: That part of the story in her beheading really broke my heart when I learned about it because at, back at that time, you know, she was a very devout Catholic. And oftentimes you would have a priest come in and you would confess one last time and so obviously you would confess at that time because she was accused of adultery and treason so she would have confessed at that time so that her soul could go to heaven she did not confess that she commit any of the acts that she was accused of which shows that she was innocent because obviously she wouldn't want her soul damned to hell so that's it's so fascinating and heart-wrenching because Catherine Howard actually did do the things that she was accused of and confessed them at that time, but Anne did not. So it's it's just kind of fascinating. And then my favorite thing about Anne Boleyn, and she's my favorite queen, aside from Aragon, is that she birthed Queen Elizabeth, literally the greatest monarch of all time, a woman who never had a husband, who never had a child, who reigned for like, what was it, 50 or 60 years? And that just blows my mind that she was beheaded, but then she allowed this monarch that changed history. It's just so fascinating these women's lives. I can't.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. And then where did the rare bee pendant necklace go? That is what I want to know. Where did it go? Where did it go? Because apparently they they couldn't find it, or no one really knows what. Happened to it, but then there are rumors that maybe in Queen Elizabeth's necklace, the pearls may have been sewn on. I don't know.
1: It's just very fascinating. Who knows? Ooh. Is fa- Wait, talk about the rare bee necklace because some of the listeners might not know what that is.
2: Oh yeah. So in the portraits of the queens, they want to be remembered for whatever their portrait is of is how they want to be remembered because there aren't many portraits of these queens back in the day. So in Anne Boleyn's portrait she has this b pendant necklace that is laced with beautiful pearls and that was a gift given to her by I'm not sure who. I don't think it was Henry. But in Anne Boleyn's portrait she's wearing it and I think it said that it was erased from history and the legend lives on of this necklace and the mystery of where it went, and I guess maybe it was given to Mary, her sister, when she took it off before her beheading. But I'm sure Deb may have some clarification on this subject.
1: That's so fascinating to think that she gave it to Mary. Also, for those who don't know, Mary was Henry's second confirmed mistress. Yes. Yeah. And so he actually had a relationship with Mary Boleyn first and then moved on to Anne. But Anne, with her wily ways and her flirtation and the things that she had learned in France, she actually got him to marry her as opposed to Mary, who had just kind of existed as a mistress. My goodness, the lives of these women. (laughs) It Mm -hmm. just blows my
2: mind. I learned recently when I was reading the kind of little bios we have in the playbill. So if you come to the show in Nashville, make sure to flip through the playbill because there's a little bit of her story in there. And I learned that because Anne was fluent in French that sometimes she acted as a translator. Yeah, at court for Henry. And I just thought that was fascinating because she is an educated woman acting as a translator in that time. It's incredible.
1: Yeah, he really did have some incredible groundbreaking women as his wives though. You know what I mean? Like Catherine was incredibly well-educated for you know that time, especially. And Catherine Parr was was revolutionary on a whole nother level. Portrait painted by a woman, it just. First woman to publish books under her own name. Yes. And in English. Absolutely, yeah. He picked some, some fascinating ladies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've talked so much about history what is something interesting historically that makes its way into the show or into the portrayals of any of these queens in the show, Sam? Ooh,
2: I was told that Anne was good at making decisions that were right for her in the moment. And I feel like In the script of the show and a lot of her choices, she's kind of like an in-the-moment type of character. Like, we'll say what she's feeling, go for what she wants in that very moment. And I feel like that's a little fun thread of history and her personality that we've kind of, Lucy and Toby have woven into the show. That's why I love that about Anne. She's very spontaneous, but she's confident
1: about her spontaneity.
2: (laughs) How about you? Yes,
1: I mean, with Catherine of Aragon, she was married to him for the longest, 24 years. And the thing that's really interesting is she got him at his best. She got him when he was young, sprightly, muscular. So I actually have a line of saying, you know, if you had seen him back in the summer of '09, oh. he was. And I'm insinuating how stunningly gorgeous. He was so strapping in the beginning of his life. So I got him when he was in... Le prime, and le prime, le prime, and so it's it's also very interesting. Uh, my goodness, so many things. I mean, I as far as Aragon goes, she does feel very much like a natural leader. She's very poised. I try to bring a lot of poise to her because again, she was very pious. She was known as this incredible. Catholic woman so devoted to her faith. That was one of the reasons that the English people loved her so much. That's why they really did not love when Anne came into the picture, because Henry literally created the Church of England just so he could divorce Catherine of Aragon and be with Anne. So that connection to religion and faith tied into the story between, in the transition between Catherine and Anne is fascinating. But yeah, I love just being able to play this kind of bombastic leader in many ways with grace and poise. It's, ah, Yeah, that's yeah. Absolutely. And then, oh my goodness, I just found this out. So our costumes have these different things that obviously are for our queens. So for Aragon, if you see the show, I am the only one with yellow gold on my costume. And that is reminiscent of her Spanish heritage. Catherine of Aragon was born in Spain. And you as Anne, as Anne Boleyn, you have that choker, right? You have yep. the I have the, the B pendant. Yeah. You have the B pendant. Catherine Howard has a choker necklace. Yes. The two the two beheaded queens have these chokers, which is fascinating. And then I didn't know that Terica, who plays Anna of Cleves, has fur because that's reminiscent of the German heritage, because she was actually a queen from Germany. <sighs> These costumes are incredible, y'all. I know. Tony Award winning. So empowering. Oh, my goodness. Well, do we want to wrap up and say just anything about the show? Yeah, let's
2: do it. I am so excited for Nashville to bring the show there. My family will be there, and they were looking for tickets, and they were few and far between. So... If you're interested in coming to see the show in Nashville, make sure you go onto the Six Tour website or the TPAC
1: website and grab those tickets before they're all gone. I know. We're only there for one week, so I think that's why these tickets are so sparse. But we just are so excited to come to Nashville. That's actually one of the cities that a lot of us have been saying from our tour itinerary route, we're so excited to hit. And... I just, I can't wait to come to your city. Like I said, I came with Waitress before, and I'm so excited to be back with this show because I think Nashville's just going to eat it up. Like, I just trust you guys to just go wild. And I also want to invite you guys to go wild. We break the fourth wall. We are going to look y'all in your eyes. You all are the seventh cast member. (laughs) exactly exactly so come live and ready and excited to participate cheer the way that you would at a concert this is not a typical musical this is not golden age we're not doing tap dances we are giving you a concert that you are allowed to interact with and have so much fun at and bring your kids bring your grandparents it's a story for everybody truly
2: absolutely
0: yeah well thanks so much for being here with us You've been listening to All Things Tudor. My thanks go to listeners, my husband, and my team. If you like what you hear, leave a review, follow wherever you get your podcast, and share with your friends to help others find the show. Join the All Things Tudor Facebook community to connect with tens of thousands of Tudor history lovers. You can also connect with me across social media at the TheDebATL. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch y'all later.